0: say so we haven't had a chance to talk to you since you made a couple of additions so uh, Jalen Clem and Darren Baskins kind of what was the idea bringing those two guys obviously wait, two different positions
1: yeah what was the mindset there yeah uh you know really like what we got with Jalen and Darren um you know Jalen uh is a guy that really fits well into you know a, a class or two that are a little lighter in numbers um but he's also you know an offensive tackle body a guy that obviously just because of his upbringing and and who his dad is uh knows the game extremely well and uh just a great great person and so uh really excited about uh, what Jalen brings to us um you know I don't think it's necessarily exactly that we're bringing in a, a high school player but from a number standpoint you know it fills up our to the max right now our offensive line room and uh I just feel like the quality um, just continues to grow in that room. And I feel like with the five freshmen we brought in and Jalen, um, you know, in that next class, uh, just, you know, I really like the, the room for the future um, along with the guys that are, you know, playing right now and going to bridge that gap, uh, you know, with, with the starters and Garen Hatchet and Roger Rosengarden and all those guys. So um, Barkins, um, just, I think, you know, at that position, we just need to continue to find guys that can, can run and cover. And, uh, you know, he's spent uh, some time in a college football program and brings some experience that way, of knowing the day-to-day uh, life of a college athlete. And so um, he's done a really nice job fitting in as a person, um, a teammate. And so uh, we're excited about, you know, the, the depth we can dr- continue to grow there. At defensive back and in corner in particular, um, but uh, he's done a, done a nice job. You did, did
0: know. know, did you know Adrian before? I did, did not different?
1: personally, um, but um, probably the guy that would be closest to him would be Courtney, okay. uh, and then uh, and they go they go back quite a ways. And then uh, you know, of course, Coach Scott Huff right. knows him just from an offensive line, um, kind of kind of working together and following each other all the years. So,
4: so The new rules. <laughs> How's it impacting what, what you want to do? I mean, how much, I mean, what are you doing? You're talking
1: about uh, the, the, the clock The clock, yeah, I think, think that's stock. something I've thought a lot, actually thought a lot about. And, um, you know, I think for us, we are, you know, I think everyone looks at us as explosive offense and um, a lot of points. Um, but in the end, when you really look and study us, uh, we're very efficient. We get a lot of first downs, and in the past, every time we get those first downs, the clock has stopped for, let's say, five, six seconds, and so, you know, it's definitely going to shorten the game for us and, you know, at least limit one possession per game in our minds, and so, you know, if you just look at simple, you know, athletics in general, the teams that are... The better teams you know you want the game to last longer it gives you the more opportunities even if you get out to a slow start so for us starting fast is going to be even more important than it was a year ago you know um, because that game is going to go quicker uh, with the limited possessions that uh, that are going to take place because of the clock run have you talked to the players or have you talked
4: to the quarterbacks that no but
1: about? i have some days during fall camp where we specifically cover different things within our program and Understanding the the clock rules is going to be definitely one of them.
4: So do you do you have to make adjustments? I don't want to crash as Jeff
1: told me to jump right in. Just,
4: <laughs> do you have to design things differently? I mean, is your two minute?
1: No, not really, seat. because the two minute um, the clock will stop. The clock will stop inside of the two minutes there. You know, whenever the first down. So that will all be this. Whenever the first down has been made, so um, that won't really change anything there. I just think that guys understanding that every possession really really matters.
4: If you've got a vote would you vote it for it?
1: No, because I <laughs> want to play more football. I want to play more snaps. Um, you know, I understand there's uh, as we go through and add more games potentially to uh, or actually not potentially but as we add more games uh, to the, the playoff and the number of snaps that can be incurred over the course of the year, I get why you know you shorten the games a little bit and I also understand from a TV standpoint what they're trying to accomplish with you know the clock rules as well.
0: Uh,
3: Rome talked about wanting to look up and get a little bigger and stronger yeah. this year hopefully play play healthier than he did last year. Do you think that there's more to his game? I know he believes that that there was an element of speed and run after catch and stuff that maybe he wasn't able to show as much last season.
1: Yeah I mean i I don't know if it's the fastest he's ever been, but I've never seen him faster, you know. And so, I me, mean, he's clocking in the four threes, uh, forty yard, and uh, as big as I've ever seen him. Um, the pictures, uh, you know, that Coach McKeefe puts together definitely show that. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, looking at his numbers from a year ago, he's gone up twenty five pounds in the bench and thirty pounds in the squat. You know, he's over a ten foot broad jump, which is a a sign of explosiveness um you know his 10 pounds of body weight that he's you know he's bigger and i think what what rome um along with the production and just increased uh, increasing that i think also that will happen because i think he his body will be made you know to be able to endure a full season better than it has ever before you know he just put so much work into it and, he goes so hard every single play that there's a lot of miles he puts on in practice and in games. And uh, I think that's worn him down at some point in the season's past. Um, but, you know, I think he's done the work and understands his body now to where, you know, that production, um, you know, we'll see that consistency throughout the season, you know, all year. And it starts with just having his body in a really good place. And I think I've never seen it better.
3: Do you have a sense for... How deep you want to go in receiver in terms of guys who are playing regularly?
1: Ten uh, days. Um, I think, you know, from a, from a depth uh, and who's on the field, I think it will vary. It's, it's who's playing well, and we can assign uh, personnel groupings to get everyone involved. We've always done that. We do it at tight end, running back. Um, we have a, a way built into our system to... Make sure guys feel like they have a role on the football field in each and every game. Um, so you know, I think we can get by with five, but I think you know you can see as guys develop and more guys get comfortable, you know that could be six. You know it's easier to get guys in the field, a receiver than really most other positions. You know because we do play more of them more often. So um, I don't know. I don't. I guess. I don't see it being three or four. You know, I feel like the number's got to be five that you feel good about in the rotation. And um, you have your primary guys that play the majority of snaps, but – or more snaps than others. But, um, yeah.
0: Same principle, but at running back because you got you got Dylan Johnson, Daniel Goddard that you brought in, Cam Davis coming back, Christian Newton's there. we got plenty of guys. How do you how do you see those carries getting the right?
1: Of the yeah, I think that's probably the most competitive position. Um, CD, we feel very comfortable with what he did a year ago. Um, he's another guy that just his body is, um, you know, it's something that's just really had, had a lot of. You know, he, he changed his body even more um, in the last year. So uh, I'm excited about what he will be, and I expect that to be better than ever. Uh, But the competition certainly, you know, with who will be, you know, his kind of his partner, because I do feel like we're probably when we're at our best uh, playing probably two tailbacks, but maybe three. Um, And so, you know, who's the other guy? And I'm excited to see Dylan Johnson, uh, who has had a really good summer, get out there. I'm excited to see Daniel Nagata. Uh, take the next steps and get some reps. Um, Rich, Sam, um, and Will are all guys that are, um, I think, looking as good as I've seen them. Uh, Will Will Nixon, um, he put on a lot of really good weight in the winter, and I could see that paying off and helping him out with the spring ball. And so um, he's focused and, uh, you know, I think feeling a lot more comfortable with the system, and just uh, you know feeling good about being out there with where his body's at as well. He
0: was going to get Dylan just a matter of depth and kind of, because I remember talking to him he he's proud of his pass-catching abilities, so... I'm, I Dylan? I, yeah, I'm imagining that plays a little
1: bit into it. Um, I think Dylan's brings everything, hopefully, to the picture. I mean, again, we've got some things yet to see, um, but, you know, in the couple of carries that he had in spring ball, I just felt like the pile was moving in a quick in a direction a little quicker than normal uh from what i had seen and um i think that's represented in you know just the strength he has and the explosiveness he has um you know he benched 225 25 times in his test out um he you know uh, has a 405 one rep and then um vertical jump 34 you know so there's strength and explosiveness in just those numbers right there so um, him staying healthy through uh, the fall camp, fall camp will be huge because now it's just a matter of learning the offense and getting comfortable, and you know us getting comfortable with him being a really good pass protector, uh, as well as just uh, you know a guy with the ball, as well as a guy with the ball in his hands. Did I miss hear
4: you? Did you did you talk about Rich? Yeah, Rich. Yeah. I
1: thought he was in the portal. Is he coming back? Yeah. Look at me. I don't like <laughs> <want> that <to laughs> answer. No, Rich. Dude. No, he's with us. Okay. Yeah, Rich is with us. Been been the board, it's it's like, no, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't. Man, not that I know. May, so I know he still. Yeah, he's he's guy. with us. I just saw him okay. running last week. No, I so. he did it after spring. Ball. No, no, no. 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 One one kind of clarification. No, yeah. so Rich, I mean, really, I think is committed to. You know, I mean, really challenge him to. He he's got to take care of his body, you know, and just really try to get through a full season. Uh, where he can practice every day, full speed, and um, build that rapport with the line and with the, with Michael at quarterback, um, and just you know keep developing as a pass protector. I mean, all of it. So, um, him taking reps in practice is a big deal. He just really hasn't had a lot for us in a year now.
4: You going to be able to keep typing on off the field?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know we're excited about what he brings and. Um, I love his temperament. He's a competitor. Uh, he got a lot of the physical tools that we want for that position, and um, um, you know, for a freshman coming in, he's really, you know, taking kind of everything on uh, that we've thrown at him. And, uh, I really feel like you know, coming in early as an enrollee, I think every coach would say this about every guy, and I feel this way about Landon Hatchet and caleb presley and all these guys that went through the spring but just the change um in a guy like Tybo from the end of spring to even the first workouts of the summer and just how much more comfortable he feels it's just noticeable and so now i'm excited the next time around him getting the install again in fall camp of uh how he'll take that next step and uh you know i certainly see him in the mix uh competing first and playing time as well. You know, um, again, we don't have to go there uh, just because we have a lot of other guys, but if he's ready to go and he's, you know, uh, that in that spot on the depth chart, um, we'll get him on the football field. You have
0: you have two number 15 wide receivers on the roster. Two what? Two wide receivers that have the number 15 on the roster, Jabez.
1: and Okay. Is Jabez still? Jabez will not be with us uh, this fall. So he, he's going to go to school, but he will not be um, on the football roster. So St-
0: um,
1: yeah, he's just not going to be. Yeah, I don't want to get into it too
0: much, but. I wasn't sure it was helpful.
1: on the record standpoint, just. But yeah, he just won't be on, on the football team, just you know, going, going through a lot. So, so, taking care of school, all that good stuff. So, great kid, but. Uh, you know, won't be with that football team. What
0: are you expecting from the freshman receivers? I know Rasheed talked to him, I talked to him right, literally two days before he came up yeah. to enroll and do it. Rashid's
1: birthday a- today. So um, yeah. Rasheed and, and you know, that group of receivers, uh, you're asking specific you yeah, them- specifically about Rasheed or you asked asking?
0: Yeah, specifically about
1: Rasheed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, that's the future. And we're excited about the different skill sets that the whole position group brings in. I just think Rashid's really consistent and um, I just love the way he, he uh, approaches every single day. He's coming to work, and he's getting better um, and more comfortable uh, with working out at the pace that we work out with Coach McKeithrey. And uh, that's an adjustment for a lot of freshmen coming in. So I uh, can't wait to see him on the football field this fall for camp.
0: Uh,
3: I get asked a lot, and people talk a lot about it wow. What's What's somebody like Michael Penix Jr. getting at NIL? to come back to Washington. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you like that there's talk like that around, that, that there's an assumption out there that your veterans and your, your upper who put off the draft and come back to school yeah. must be getting paid some big amount yeah. of money to, to right. still be a Washington.
1: Right. No, I mean, it's not even an assumption. I mean, it's facts that um, NIL certainly plays a role in these guys returning. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, there's the the development and growth that these guys all feel they'll get and by being here another year and that helping them with their uh, stock in the draft next year. Um, I think there's a I don't want to miss out on the experience part and them feeling like maybe there's some unfinished business, but also just loving playing college football. Um, it's a lot of fun being out in Husky Stadium. And then I think the last part of it is certainly in NIL piece, and it's not apples to apples as far as what they would make if they went to the NFL. No one really knows because you know you don't exactly know where they would have been drafted. But um, there's enough to where they feel good about going to school another year, um, having the experience, being developed, and uh, you know life being a little bit easier from a financial standpoint, and uh, being able to enjoy you know the college years. As they, they go through this time, that's going to come and go really fast. So, um, NIL certainly has played an important role for our guys on the roster and the retention, You know, whether it's because they didn't go somewhere else or uh, to another university or they went to the NFL. You know, that retention has been important.
3: A lot of coaches have talked about locker room politics as a consideration. How have you kind
1: of seen that? I think our locker room, I think... Um, our locker room, and I don't know if there's ever, it's ever everything is ever going to be perfect um, when it comes to you know money's whenever money's involved. Um, but I feel like we're in a really good spot when it comes to how the locker room is, and you know, it's I think because of the system that's in place uh, with our collectives and the NIL opportunities, it's. It's justified on production. It's justified on, you know, the, the time that you're in our program. Uh, you know, a lot of those things went into, you know, what um, what the opportunities are for these guys uh, in the NIL world. It's not. It's not that guys are getting recruited in and you know getting big NIL deals. Um, now, the guys that we're recruiting certainly are understanding that. NIL exists on a level where um, guys are choosing to not go to the NFL and that helps you know, with our examples of you know the NIL possibilities that are here at UW. How,
3: how much are you dealing with Coach Pete? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, just follow up to that. We all knew who Michael was going into last year, but he never had the full season. Heisman both getting body of success than he did last year. There's NIL, whether it's just more tension at media days, you name it. You had to guard against anything with him. How he handled the extra attention and the
1: expectations that are, are there for you? In the yeah, lives? I think um, you know Mike's been through it many years now, and so um, his experiences and be able to handle uh, whether it's media, whether it's uh, uh, you know the fans, um, all the attention he gets. Uh, I'm really pleased with how he's been able to just stay focused on what's important. And uh, his own development, Um, I think he's better now than he was this spring uh, on focusing on those things in those areas. He's taken over when it comes to leadership roles, um, above and beyond maybe what I even expected. So I'm super proud of uh, that. He's easy to root for uh, from a a teammate standpoint because um, there's a humility side to him that he brings each and every day. Where he puts the team first, and we're just looking to build around him. And uh, he knows that uh, for him to reach his goals, uh, whether it's as a team um, or individually, he needs um, great support around him. And uh, you know, we're excited about the season, and we have a lot of guys that have uh, followed, I think, in his footsteps on being team first and understanding those accolades and
3: opportunities for themselves. Uh, <laughs> Are some guys who come to mind as, as having had a particularly
1: good summer from what you've heard? Um, you want guys that are like returners, or do you want uh, most of them? Are, most of them are returners. I mean, I, I'm I'm proud of like ZTF, uh, and just I mean, he's had a 120 pound squat increase over the last year and a half, you know, and so. Guys like that. I mean, that's just one number that kind of is representative of how hard he's worked. Um, you know, I think Braylon Trice continues to, you know, just grind and you know, he's increased his bench up 50 pounds over the last year and a half, and, um, 105 pounds on his squad as well. So I don't know. Those guys just are really focused. I think from an the edge, they want to be, you know, the best in the country when it comes to a production from that position. Um, I mean, Eddie, I think. And uh, just had a phenomenal off season. I think our I think our defensive backfield really. I mean, as a whole, um, from Mish Powell to uh, you know to, to guys like uh, Jabbar Muhammad who now has come in and kind of had his second go around of an off season program. Um, and those guys are doing a nice job in different ways because Mish has been through it, but Jabbar's figuring it out. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guys who just. Uh, ready to go, you know, so I can't, uh, there's, a, there's a lot, Roger Rosengarten, I think, has done a really nice job, his intensity level is strong, and, you know, he's, he's stepping up as a leader, sees himself, uh, you know, now as not just a guy that's fitting in the offensive line, but a leader of it, so.
3: you guys, you remade that secondary. Yeah. got Misha in a different position, Don Hampton's in a different position, you brought riding Jabbar, you're riding Baggins, Dixon, Elijah Jackson's so yeah. healthy. Uh, how do you, for you feel think? about the secondary relative to this time last year? How far do you think that group has come since the end of
2: last season? Told me, uh, yeah,
1: I think uh, we knew we were short on numbers a year ago, uh, and then when the injuries hit and there just wasn't a lot of reps that were – be able to be given. I mean, it's just, I mean, not that you weren't trying, but in fall camp, there's a limited number of reps. And, you know, your threes and fours, they get their reps, but it's not um, at, with the same depth and magnitude that the ones and twos do. Um, guys like Elijah Jackson. Uh, I just feel it's got another level of toughness, and um, you know, just understanding of the defense and confidence. Um, another one would be Tristan Dunn. Uh, I just think is uh,
2: just so
1: strong, and in, 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 I, I just feel so strong in what he's, uh, the direction he's going, and um, it's about the team first with him, uh, which is really cool to see. Uh, he's out there just giving everything he's got. Uh, when it comes to conditioning sessions, I mean, he's right out there at the front of the pack. I mean, he's got the tools, but he's also just got the determination right now. Um, and he gives he, he's, he's all in, and uh, he's got a lot of the length and uh, instincts and things that you want. So I just think that we're building depth. Uh, we've got guys who have now got a lot of banked reps under their belt that um, are gonna lend himself to you know, more competition for starting spots, but also more depth um, on the, more depth in the defensive backfield as well. What did Mike
0: share with you about his time at the Manning Passing Academy?
1: You know, we haven't really sat down because uh, he's been gone a lot and uh, I've asked him about it, but uh, we haven't sat down and really gone through the details. And um, I want him to share a few things with the team on some of the different places he's been. Um, He was part of of the Symposium along with Zion uh, for the Combine, along with, uh, you know, he and a group of five guys went to a Black Student Athlete Summit uh, in May. I believe it was in May. And then uh, he's, you know, been a part of the Elite 11 as a counselor and the Manning Pass Academy. And so, you know, that's a lot of things that he's gone and done and what's really cool is that he's made sure he's found the opportunities to mentally and physically um, stay, you know, stay sharp and, and uh, stay focused. And so um, all those things, I think, are just pieces that uh, help you understand, you know, you know, the great opportunity you have and appreciate it. And also, you know, there's a little bit here and there that you pick up you know, from all these different learning experiences, you know, that you're technically providing others but I think you always gain some things in the end on your you know, that you take in as well. Were
0: you in the Ocean Indiana when he went to it the Louis Castle the first time around? Or was that the year after when you went I, I can't
1: remember Well he didn't go that summer because he was coming off his knee injury. Oh, okay. so okay. when I got there in twenty nineteen he didn't even practice that spring with me. And so by that so that summer, I don't believe he went. I, you would have to double-check. Because
0: well, I remember – because I asked Archie Manning. And I think it would have been the next was, year. And he, okay, I was gonna, that, that was my concern. Because I saw – I've got a story after he came back about the, he said he was like a changed quarterback. Did you get that sense when, when you saw him from before when you had him to 2019,
1: 2019? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's been, it's been almost four years, you know. And so um, he's worked a lot to – and he's been through a lot, and so um, you know, physically and just mentally and just the experiences, um, he's going to be in a different place. And then uh, obviously he and Ryan Grubb have done an awesome job of working together to, to find those little pieces of his game that he can continue to grow on, and uh, you know, his maturity has evolved. And so, you know, he's a different guy probably. I don't doubt that one bit.
5: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
1: There's no regrets and you're pouring everything into it. Um, You know, it just continues to each and every every year be more more technology and more ways to, to try to be ahead of the game know uh, prehab you know all that good stuff on uh, trying to keep him healthy and um, he's in a really good spot you know I think from a weight standpoint um, he's kept his athleticism uh, his speed I think he's even faster he's definitely stronger uh, than he's ever been so you know a a lot of times it just comes down to a full year of training you know and that's what he really had last year was a full year of training and now he's had a chance to follow that up in the second full year and uh, that might be as big as anything um, is that he's had those back-to-back years of training now. How have you and your, your offense changed since the time you were in Indiana with Michael? Uh, the system is still the same. Uh, the base play calls um, are the same. Um, I think we've grown the offense quicker um, because of uh, the personnel that we have and uh, the things that we can do here at uh, UW in just one short year. Um, I think our staff does an awesome job uh, offensively of... Um, trying to you know, understand what fits us and making sure we're not trying to do too much because that's one of the, the worst things you can do as a coach is try to use all the little pieces uh, that you got out there and, and try to install too many plays and too many concepts. And They do a good job of figuring out what's our identity and making sure we stick to the DNA of who we are. When you look back at the Oregon game last year and his performance of that, there a handful of throws that he went from right hash to left out.
3: In your system, in your own evaluation, what should
1: the completion percentage on that throw, uh, that distance where a pointer should yeah. have an advantage? And he was going for some favorable matchups but regardless. Yeah. What should the completion percentage be and then with what he did, how extremest thing? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the first reads, but uh, it's obviously an extremely tough throw. Um, I think a lot of quarterbacks, I'm not saying ones I've coached in the past, I just think a lot of quarterbacks probably don't even attempt to make the throw. They don't don't read it quick enough. uh, They don't have enough confidence in themselves. They haven't talked through with their receiver and done enough with the repetitions to have that trust. And so I think a lot of times it's not about what that completion percentage would be. I just think a lot of times that throw doesn't even get made. And, uh, you know, he... Attempts and makes the throw uh, hits the guy hits Taj on the run, you know, and so um, Not just like catching it falling out of bounds, you know, but uh, a throw that allowed us to hit it on the run and, and score What did that game that experience? Mean to you as a, a the first time in that rivalry and what yeah, that now
3: Takes on your own yeah,
1: that Yeah, it's uh, it's huge. I mean, all all the games are important. Um, there's certainly rivalry games in Oregon, and, and uh, you know the Cougs would be the two um, in our kind of rivalry that uh, rivalries that uh, are really important. And um, I think it, it I think there's a lot to go with the momentum that we were building uh, last year, uh, in particular. But overall, when it comes to the rivalry, um, you know, winning the first one. Uh, doesn't hurt you know and so uh, it was fun for our guys a great experience um, playing on the road it gave us confidence uh, for a lot of different reasons whether it be on the road and getting a big win uh, against a very quality football team that we knew uh, was very good as well um, they set up the rest of November going into December I think it even um, probably helped in some ways uh, with the experiences that some of our guys had and helping them uh, reevaluate, you know, wanting to come back and do, uh, have more of these experiences here in
3: 2023. You guys increased your staff salary pool by a couple million dollars. I think it was pretty public that other schools were coming after Ryan Grubb, but how hard was it to retain all 10 assistants yeah. just with, with other opportunities? And all that? Yeah,
1: I mean, I can't, I can't be uh, so appreciative enough of uh, our administration and our university and the support that they've provided our program um, in a lot of ways, and in particular our coaching staff and the salaries. Um, you know, just uh, when you got the right people, you just want to try to make sure you you take advantage of the opportunities and and uh, you know Jen Cohen and and President Cal say you know believe in what we're doing in our program and um, that continuity to be huge. But there's a lot of coaches on our staff that uh, certainly are highly sought after. Uh, Coach Grub um, is, is is amazing. You know, um, and does an awesome job and. Uh, we'll have his opportunities and you know, I'll wish them all the best when the right one comes along, but uh, for us to take advantage of the moment, the, the elite staff and uh, the, special, the special group of people that I have around me, um, I'm appreciative of the university to support that by you know, making sure that these guys get paid and helping them you know, want to be here uh, you know, be, you know, uh, and help you know, provide a, a great opportunity for them and their families.
4: Coach, working with uh, Chris Creighton. Uh, is there anything you're able to kind of take from your experience with him to be a
1: part as you you were on in your coaching career? Yeah, Coach Creighton is is uh, I mean one of the guys that I certainly think about when uh, there's there's certain moments and decisions and choices that you got to make, um, you know, uh, and just how he built a program up to where it's at today from um, from little to nothing to uh, some you know a program that's going to bowl games and then you know right there on the doorstep of competing for a conference championship and so um, I've taken a piece of a lot of the places I've been and the coaches I've had the, the, the you know the, been fortunate to coach at, coach at um, for. but um, man there's there's a lot to it when it comes to you know to, to Chris and and um, he's just not a great coach he's a great friend um, you know he grew up in Washington he grew up in Seattle not far from Husky Stadium Um, So um, there's a there's a voicemail I got on my phone. It's from a couple years ago still when he uh, reached out congratulating me, so um, that should probably tell you a little bit of how I think about him and a lot of those things that he he did in that program are pieces that we take and add to ours as well.
4: And In the pack fold, there's seven coaches that have FCS experience and then for you, you've got the NAIA in the Eastern Michigan where it's you know the lowest budget among the, the FBS programs. What is it about working in those smaller programs that I feel
1: like helps maybe grow buildings and get ready for these fun times? I mean, you have to wear a lot of hats, right? You're you're the equipment manager, you're the DFO, you know, you're um, admissions, you're all these different jobs, um, and wear all these different hats, and I think you you understand all the work that it takes, and so you have an appreciation for the people in your organization. Um, I think also just a a lot of time and investment, and it really shows. Kind of comes through who the people that really love coaching football are. You know, um, you know, you're not in it, you're in it for the the wrong reasons. You're into the right ones, and that's to help develop these young men to be, be even better people and better men uh, during your time uh, when they're with you. Yeah. Thank you for for you guys um, um, How beneficial has NIL
5: been for Stanford athletes? Yeah. 10 Oh uh, my bad, I didn't know. it But um, yeah, for student athletes, I feel like it's very beneficial, and it's something that um, I know we've been looking forward to getting for a long time now. And I, I just feel like the amount of work, the amount of hours that we put in, um, we we definitely deserve it. Um, I feel like the amount of attention that college football get as well. You know, as far as televised and stuff like that, the numbers that we do it, it, it is. Out of this world so i definitely feel like we definitely deserve it and it's something that i feel like a
2: lot of everybody is happy about uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to use it without the, the mics uh i think the most important thing about nil is that it gives us opportunities to like venture into different venues you know for me i'm all about like building connections with companies and uh, trying to help myself like for life after football so like working with organizations like the like the American Heart Association, like kind of goes into like where my career path is, and the next part is just being able to go into certain communities that we weren't necessarily able to go to before, because Seattle is a very expensive city, and uh, you know some of the places where if you if I told you where Jay Brown and Miles Gasson used to live, you'd be like dead surprised, you know. But I think NIO gives us opportunities to live in nicer places, and I feel like that's super important for an athlete just to be able to have like very beautiful scenery going to practice, going back from practice. You know, it calms the player down, and I think it uh, gives the player a lot of like great energy going into the season. So, I think it gives us, as a player standpoint, like a lot it improves it as a player just because of uh, the energy that you can provide. Yeah. We've heard a lot today that this yeah.
5: conference is uh, the
2: conference of. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, We've heard a lot today
5: that this conference is a conference of quarterbacks. Jura Sanders is coming in. Are you guys, are you, Michael, are you familiar with his game at all? And what do you kind of expect out of Colorado from an outsider looking in? Um, I would say I'm really familiar with his game. I I didn't really watch anything from the SWAC. But as far as what I've been hearing and what I've been seeing, uh, he, he seems to be a very good player. Um, he's a very cool person. I, I met him out here, and I, I wish nothing but the best for him. But as far as Colorado football, uh, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I'm not gonna make an opinion on, on what I feel about their season, you know, because I got my own team to uh, focus on right now, and we don't even play them this year. So, uh, but I feel like he's a he's a good player, you know, based on what I've been seeing and what I've been hearing. So. Who's your college football go? greatest of all time?
2: Jackson or uh, Barry Sanders for sure. They were dogs. They were real dogs.
5: I feel like my when I was growing up it was uh, Tavon Austin, or Tyron Matthew's. Uh, yeah, my time is. Yeah. Like if they send with State in your season over, what do you see out of i that be the, uh, of uh, this year Yeah, uh, I know that they're going to show a couple different things this year. Um, you know, we've been we've been making sure that we're ready for whatever they throw at us, but. You know, based on what I've seen last year, it was just mainly looking at um, their athleticism and the guys that they have. You know, skill-wise, and they, they definitely have talent. You know, it's not a team that that we can go over there and think we can overlook. It's a team that we got to make sure we go in and you know prepare at a high level like we do every single week. And my to more mentioned the co- uh, continuity of both the staff and the players. You guys lose the three interior offensive
0: linemen. Working
5: with the offensive line, closely so as you did last year, how much do you feel that's going to help you going into fall camp this year with the offensive line, basically three interior guys? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like you said, we, we lost three of them, but we got three guys that all have game experience. You know, Mateo um, at center. Uh, he definitely he played a lot of a lot of ball last year. You know, with Corey, he was dealing with some injuries, um, so Mateo was able to play a lot. At right guard, uh, we look we lost uh, Henry Banavalu, but um, Nate. Uh, Nathaniel uh, Coleco, he, he's there, he had game time experience, he was playing uh, the first couple games, and throughout the season he was able to get in as well too, and then, at our, our left guard right now, we, we got uh, Julius Bulow, um, from losing Jackson Kirkland, you know, but uh, Julius, he was a guy that started the year before I got there, so we got a lot of guys that have game time experience, and they're, they're all older guys, you know, guys that, you know, um, go in and work extremely hard, and they push each other to be great, so, I, I have. I probably have less than five sacks
3: this year. For both of you guys, who are a couple guys who you've seen in practice, maybe or this off season, who people don't know about as much, but you think are, are ready to have kind of a, a big year this year. Yeah,
2: I think the first person that uh, you know brings out to me is Elijah Jackson. You know, he's always been an athletic freak, but I think there's a level of maturity that he's leveled up, and, you know, I'm expecting big things from him because, you know, this this university has been built on great defensive backs, and, you know, he definitely has all the tools to be able to be another great one, you know, in my honest opinion. And I told him that last week, he said that, you know, he can be a great DB, and, uh, you know, he believes it as well. I also believe that Mish Powell is going to have some great giant leaps this year, and uh, our freshman, Devin Bryant, you know, I feel like the. The future for the linebacker position at UW is really bright with him. You know, uh, taking care of it. You know, he's a he's an old he's really an old head. You know, I know he's a freshman, but he has a lot of old moves that he shouldn't have. So I'm excited for him uh, to see him play in the future, and uh, also uh, my linebackers, Raylan, Goforth, and uh, Alfonso Supitalla. You know, they're going to do you know make a lot of plays for us this year. So I'm excited to see what they can do. when you
5: talk about leadership. Is this something you have to grow into, or you just came natural for you? Um. I feel like it's just something that you know. In order to be great, you, you know you gotta understand that you need that. You you, you want to be great. You got you gotta be you gotta be a leader. You gotta be somebody that people look up to. Somebody that's uh, winning reps in in the off season uh, sprints. You know the guy that's working extremely hard. You know, so I feel like that's that's something that. You need to be with to to be able to be great, and you know, in the quarterback position, it's almost like you feel like you are already just thrown into that leadership role. But at the same time, you know, leadership is influence. You know, just because I'm a quarterback, I don't mean I'm a leader. You know, I have to influence the guys around me um, in a positive way, and I feel like I do that at a very high level, and, and I continue to get better at that each and every day.
4: Mike, last year, I think it was the Africa, you had a pass reception for a touchdown.
5: Yeah, they called it a rushing touchdown, but I wish it was a passing. <laughs> is, is that play still in the book? Are you going to see that again? Um, I don't know if like I can see that. But um, right now, it's not in the book right now, but it might come back to it. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Big Ten football, Pac-12 football. You played in both now, which you're
1: uh, you say, I mean, playing in Indiana. You go to places like the Horseshoe, the Big House.
5: Now you have a great home. they going to the Coliseum and places like that. What's more to your life. Um, I love the Pac Twelve. Um it's definitely amazing and to be able to play in the greatest setting of college football is amazing as well. You know, um, our fans are phenomenal, you know, they they scream to the top of their lungs and they make sure they come and support us each and every Saturday and you know, we all appreciate them for that. You know, Big Ten is it was, it was definitely a big conference as well. You know, it's a lot more smash uh, mouth football I'd say just running the ball more. I feel like in our conference, in the Pac-12, we got so many elite quarterbacks um, that it's a lot of throwing the ball. You know, so I'll say that's one of the differences. But um, you now I love playing uh, in the greater setting. Lincoln Kennedy, Lincoln Kennedy says hello. And if it doesn't work out with Jimmy G, we'll
1: see you in Raider colors next year.
5: <laughs> All right, I'll see. You, you talked to the main stage about
1: practicing in the heat. have yeah. Been in the Pac-12 for a long time. It's kind of known as the nicer weather conference. Mm-hmm. But the extremes compared to like other places, you can be playing in Arizona, you've got a game in September, um, and you got that heat, but you've also played like last year's Apple Cup, where it's like a rain, you know, drenched or, or snow a couple years ago, or in Utah. Like, like, you know, compared to Indiana, where the weather's sort of, one knows Big Ten weather, what would say, if people say in Pac-12 the weather's gonna be easier
2: weather is not easy as someone who's been to Pullman two times when it's snowing like crazy it is not fun to play in the snow but it's uh it's very volatile for sure you know like obviously like you play in LA but at the same time it's like yeah it's nice to be in LA but you have to play USC UCLA you know what I mean so I don't really understand the issue about like it being the weather because you're not going there on vacation you're going there to play a football game at the end of the day, like climate change, like when you go to Seattle, it rains, you know. So even though it's not hotter, like it's not super cold, like is it nice that you know you're playing in the rain? Like not necessarily. So it's just like you know, climate's whatever, you know what I mean? Like don't let that be a, a reason to knock us down. you know? Eddie,
4: you haven't been down here before, have you?
2: <laughs> just maybe once or twice, you know, not too often. Not Vegas, oh but media day. Oh, media day, never. This so did you raise
4: your hand and volunteer for this or
2: No, I actually didn't know. So uh Ali who works at our front office, I don't know if he just like saw like the little paper that had Mike and uh Mike and me on. I'm like, what are we doing? And then she's like, "Oh no, you're going to be in Vegas for the media." day. And I was like, Would have been like pretty cool to know. Well, you're kind of a shy guy and expected to talk down here. Just a tad
4: bit, yeah. We we were over here a little earlier where they had the quarterback game and you're throwing passes over there. I got the second highest score, did I? Yeah. You got the second highest score. The second highest score. You're a linebacker, second highest score. Who'd you lose to? I
2: lost to Mike. I only (laughs) lost by three to a Heisman no, Trophy to candidate. A Heisman Trophy candidate. So really I could really be the next great painting Manning if I really put my mind to it. Did, did you uh, tell him? I did. He didn't he just he didn't take paint on mine too.
4: <laughs> you know, I, I think I've, the
2: competition battle I just he heated up play just play a, play a tad bit this this point. I saw you
4: last year at games. Yeah. On the sideline, not being able to play,
2: and you looked like a caged lion at times. So how hard was it not playing? And it was difficult. That's exactly what you explained it. It's like a, it's like being a dog in a in a cage with a like red rubber ball right outside, and you just like itching and calling for it. Um, but I give all the credit to Coach Roman me and the staff, just like by taking care of me physically and mentally. You know, being with me through that whole time because it was hard and it was. Very frustrating not being able to play, but they always give me like the bigger picture of you know when you come back you're gonna come back bigger and stronger and better than uh, you were when you first left, and just trusting in their process and trusting in you know their methods of training me, uh, it definitely helped me a lot.
4: Well, one of the things that I was unique because I saw you out there coaching, mm-hmm. and I know sometimes when you coach and explain things, it helps yeah. you too. Mm-hmm. Did you get a little bit of that where maybe you were teaching the guys what they needed to do, but it reinforced to you what you needed to do?
2: Oh yeah, I think uh, the best way to learn something is to teach it to someone else. Uh, right. That's probably one of like the major laws. And I was already like big on football and big into like learning, and uh, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to have like. Great defensive corners with Lake, PK, and uh, now Morell and Inge. That, you know, just being able to see what offensive tendencies were going on and being able to know that, like, what they would do and how they would combat it and then how to stop certain uh, schemes and coverages, you know, only helped me teach uh, teach Zoe and uh, Cam and them more. And uh, it really just made it a lot more fun just to be able to know exactly what was going on and just not just be a fan, but to be a coach out there.
4: You know, when you come to things like this, it's kind of cool to run into people that you haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. I saw you smile and saw Jackson Sermon. Yeah, Yeah, I saw Jackson Sermon.
2: Yeah. Tell me about your relationship with Jackson. Man, it's just great to see him, you know, one of the things that we talked about our freshman year was, you know, being able to be all conference players and, you know, to excel and to be dominant. And uh, you know, he told me, uh, he told me a few weeks ago that he thought that I was uh, that shit crazy when I first said that. But like,
4: well, you were.
2: Yeah, a little bit. As a walk on, it was a pretty audacious thing to say. But uh, just us being here right now, just kind of just, you know, told us about like, you know, we put our minds to this. Like we really believe that we can be here. And it's uh, always proud to, you know, I'm proud to see him as a first team, like, all like all conference linebacker because that's the type of work that he put in week in and week out. And uh, you know, we kind of had like this little toxic relationship where we were like we're super close, but we were like super competitive with each other. So like every single week, like I was like even when I was hurt, I was looking seeing like how many tackles did you make? Like he did that he did that against uh, Notre Dame. Like okay, when I get back, I gotta do this. <laughs> So,
4: I just remember when you had the big special teams games. Yeah. We didn't know who you were. We I mean, we we're all just, okay, who is this guy? We yeah. didn't know. How's that kid that
2: nobody knew different from the kid now that everybody knows? Oh, man, I think uh, I think that kid's gone through a lot, you know? I think the only thing that that guy wanted to do was just get on the field and play and to play at a high level. I think the only difference is that, he just wants to play and play at a high level. I think when you get to my position, you know, you hear a lot of outside noise and you hear about the rankings and everything and at the end of the day, you just kind of just zone it out and just do what you enjoy. You know, that's one of the things that me and Coach Board talked about uh, at the end of the year, like just do what makes me happy and you know, what makes me happy is playing here at Husky Stadium and uh, dominate with my brothers, you know, like this culture, this team, like. You know the reason why I come back every single year is because these guys are just, you know, one they're just hilarious, and two they're just like, we just we're just so close. You know, not a lot of teams are close like that. So. I wanted to share And I know this is a question that nobody likes to
4: answer. I'm yeah. not going to go deep dive deep into it, but with NIL, yeah,
2: how big of a factor was that for you to come back? It wasn't. It wasn't at all. You know, for me, I uh, I, I know like
1: <laughs>
2: it might be important for some people, but. For me, it's just about, like, playing. And with aspirations of going to the NFL and stuff, I didn't think that it was, like, necessarily to use that as, like, a bargaining tool or anything like that. Obviously, what would be more important to me is to connect with certain organizations instead of just, like, work with them, like, one-offs and stuff like that. And I've been able to do that here in Seattle with, like, certain communities and stuff like that, too. But it was more so about, like, having impact. You know, the money, you could have paid me $1. You could pay me, like a couple thousand dollars. It wouldn't have mattered to me. Just one more. Just Eddie's
4: pocket money before NIL, and he had a little bit of pocket money now. <laughs> how, I mean, how has that changed things
2: for you? I think I think it's important. Uh, one of the things I think about is that, you know, the living situation, it's expensive living in Seattle, and, you know, we had a lot of great players not living in the best places just because it was the most cost-efficient thing. And I think NIL gives us, like, gives guys like me, gives guys like Mike to be in a, not only like a safer environment, but I think it's very important to know the area that you're around and to be in like a place that's, like, uh, somatically beautiful because it gives you a lot of like positive energy going into the stadium and it helps you like work out and be more excited about doing things in life so i think that's probably like the biggest upside to nil i like you know just you're, you're not
4: doing taco bell anymore have you splurged on a good meal that maybe you wouldn't oh have if you did if you didn't if you, didn't, ha- oh if, if you didn't have any nil
2: is there a place you went that you wouldn't have before this stk we, we go to bellevue a lot now um <laughs> We was, I was actually eating dinner with Joe Tron and KT the other day, and they almost made me pay for it because really? I had that and I owe money. I'm like, no, that's not you. You're in the league. You're, like, You're in the league. Joe tried to get you to pay. He tried to get me to pay. It was ridiculous. AC was there too. They all have league money. It, it was ridiculous. Mies Power is my witness. Ask him about that too. Trying to get us to pay for that thing. It was ridiculous.
4: That's actually kind of, That's actually kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, you know, tell me about uh, this upcoming linebacker crew.
2: Yeah. No, I, I think it's it's the deepest we've ever been. Uh,
0: you
2: know. Oh, I hit end on you a long time. Okay. I want to make sure. And I think that, uh, I mean, you can start with me. Like, I think my game speaks for itself, and I'm going to grow, obviously. But you've already seen Alfonso Chupatala and the player that he can be, and he's only going to grow from there. And, obviously, we brought in, you know, our, uh, you know, our little SC, our SC spy <laughs> and Raylan Goforth. and he's been, he's been absolutely amazing. I've learned so much from him and he plays with a certain burst that is uh, uncommon to the common eye. And I, uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna love playing side to him. And even after that, we have Carson Bruner, who I that's crazy. how i mentioned him before, but you know he's been dominant like all throughout camp too. How you, you gonna split? Are you gonna split up the playing yeah, time with you four? I mean, it's not my job to do that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to just do my job and stuff. So we'll find a way. engines is a smart and a you know strategic guy, so we'll be all right. A couple more. Just uh, every, you know, you're the old guy. Yeah, we're the young
4: guys that we need to keep our eye on coming into. Young guys camp. that we need give, to keep our give, eye give, on. Give, give people a
2: name that they maybe don't know man, too much. Alder, man. Is Elijah Jackson considered young? I feel like he's going to be great. Uh, Jabbar's been—he's a new guy. I wouldn't necessarily call him young, but he's been a great player too. Uh, On the offensive side, I think uh, Denzel Austin is going to be a pretty special player for us coming down. Uh, Dylan Johnson is going to be good, and honestly, the the biggest pain in my behind right now has been Typo Rogers. You know, he's that man can run routes, man. (laughs) Like he's a very fast, elusive player, and. uh, yeah, he's he definitely has necks in the future. Uh Devin Bryant too. He's gonna to be a special player. I think we have a good uh solid future ahead of us, so yeah. I wanna be worried about his football in the future. A couple a couple weeks ago I had a chance to meet Austin Mack. Austin Mack, yes. <laughs> he does
4: yes. N- okay. Yes. Yep. Whatever you're about to ask, yep. yes.
2: With his hair, how tall is he? With hair. Oh man, he's like 6'5 five or something like that. He's tall, man. With, with his hair, he looks like yeah. seven foot. I'm telling you, he's tall. You, but I was actually just like watching him. I was watching him do PRPs, and I was thinking to myself, like, this guy's a very talented quarterback. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you
4: love freshman quarterback. Yeah, That's red meat yeah. How
2: many, Who's the first quarterback you're gonna pick in fall game? The first quarterback, the one that plays against me. That's whoever. it is. <laughs> Mike, I don't care. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna get my pick. Cause I've been getting a lot of hate yeah, for maybe. not catching no picks lately, and I'm, I'm gonna get my pick. And then once that happens, I don't want to hear no talk about it. So, <laughs> is it fun to? Is it fun to get on Mike? It is, but the thing is that Mike's like he he talks like he he talks trash, but he talks trash in like a different way. He he, he tries to be humble with it, <laughs> so he's just like I was like we was, trash. we was just arguing on the plane where it's like if I'm running in the middle of like the, like the offensive line, like I'm not gonna sack him, but I'm like. No, like there's there's nowhere for you to go. Why, like where would you go? So we got like this thirty minute argument yeah, on the plane about like if I can sack him on. I'm like I don't know if like who you think you play with, but I'm not them. So, yeah. <laughs>